Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Good morning to you. I am Jason Kong with the pleasure of being alongside the man himself, Bill Alexander. Bill, we made it to 2021. How about hey, that? Hey, hey. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, yeah, sir. How about that? Uh, well, we're not going to break out any champagne this year, I don't think. But, uh, I, you know, it is really, really good that 2020 is behind us. Um, I, I think all of us can give thanks that uh, 2020 is gone. Uh, but there is a lot to look forward to in 2021. Um, you know, and unfortunately, at least from my perspective and, and in terms of my own prediction, I, I suspect that 2021 will be a lot more like 2020 than 2019. I mean, all of us want to get back to 2019, <laughs> back to the future or whatever it is, but da-da-da-da, uh, you know, whatever it is. But um, and and the the fact is, we still have the coronavirus to fight. We just have better tools now that the vaccine is around and people are being vaccinated. And uh, I just hope my turn is fairly soon. Um, uh, that uh, I'm, I'm certainly going to get uh, vaccinated as as soon as one is available uh, uh, and offered to me. That's for sure. And I hope others will will join me in in that because that's what it's going to take to um, to to get rid of, of uh, I mean so we can get back uh, to normal. Uh, anyway, I th I thought that it might be helpful to at least put into some perspective, and and I would encourage uh, you, Jason, to to uh, fill in the blanks here, or at least uh, give some of your your own ideas. Uh, but I, th I think it's helpful to at least think about uh, expectations. You know, uh, Jason, there has been so much focus on what's going on nationally. You know, obviously a new president has been elected and a lot of folks um, know that there's going to be significant changes there or anticipated but probably less so than what uh, people think, particularly this year for 2021. But one of the things that a lot of folks have lost are uh, what's going on uh, at the state and local level. And so I, I thought it might be helpful just to uh, think about a number of different things that people should at least uh, anticipate uh, in terms of, of what's going on. And so, uh, first of all, what about the state of North Carolina? You know, obviously the state provides a whole lot of services, uh, uh, you know, education being a, a biggie and the like. But the fact is, is that state revenues are going to be extraordinarily tight. Re there's been a lot of lost revenues. And, um, you know, the fact is, is that there, there will end up, in my opinion, being uh, layoffs uh, by the state, which is a very unusual thing, not just cutbacks for economic reasons. I mean, in tens, of, you know, which we see uh, for savings, it's really going to be a matter of how do we balance the state budget uh, because revenues are going to be down. 
Um, and so clearly services on the state level will be cut back. Uh, I really do not anticipate uh, any um, increase in state taxes. My uh, expectation is that state taxes will be the same uh, with, with no changes. There may be some additional fees here and there. Uh, you know, the legislators don't like to call that a tax increase. Uh, and we'll probably see a few fee increases, but I don't foresee any increase in state income tax uh, or decrease in state income tax. I think uh, the state will be more in line with cutting services uh, than anything else. Now, on the local level, and you have to understand that the local level has been impacted uh, just as much, if not more, than the state in terms of revenues. Um, and so I think at the local level, we will probably or may see an increase in taxes at the local level because every local government is struggling just to keep up because their revenues have been based on, to a great degree, sales tax revenues, which, guess what, have decreased substantially. <laughs> so, And, you know, the fact is, is that the local level is where most of the services that actually touch us come from. And so I do think you're going to see a cutback in services, and uh, there will be local government employees that lose their jobs, unfortunately, because just trying to make their budgets balanced. And, of course, in North Carolina, uh, one of the good things about our state is that we our constitution requires a balanced budget. Gee whiz, I wish the federal government was that way, but that's just not the way it is. So uh, the bottom line is, and I'm hopeful that local revenue tax increases will be temporary um, because, um, you know, sometimes it's just like your, your, your own personal budget. Sometimes you have to cut back, <laughs> and that's where, where they are. But obviously they're going to be looking for some uh, revenue, uh, and frankly, the, about the only way they're going to be able to do that is to find uh, new sources of revenue. On the federal level, um, it, you know, the, the, um, it, it's still out there. You know, a, a lot will depend in terms of whether revenues are, are changed significantly anytime soon uh, will be based on the elections down in Georgia and, and that sort of thing. And that's, of course, January the 5th, so that actually is next week, and voting is already occurring down there. Um, but... Uh, and, and so it's sort of like, well, what about the outcome? Will that make a big difference? And frankly, I'm not sure that it will make any significant difference in 2021. And the reason is real simple. Uh, uh, the fact is, is that um, 2021 will be much like 2020. In other words, we're still dealing with a pandemic. We're still dealing with an economy that is reeling. Uh, loss of revenues, lots of small businesses going out of business, uh, and the like. And uh, it, it's, it would be difficult for either party to make any substantial changes in the tax code. Now, there could be ch changes if, if the Democrats gain control of a state tax, gift tax, generation skipping, tax exemptions, 
um, because truthfully that doesn't affect anyone except for about one-tenth of one percent of the population when you know the folks who are doing really well financially and doesn't affect the others as, as it relates to income tax that that's a, a maybe uh, but, the, you know, a lot of folks don't realize that the income tax code, it's already written into the law for our taxes to be increased. Uh, it's just that the tax code right now, which was passed pre-pandemic, if you will, was for our taxes, personal taxes, income taxes, to go back up uh, January 1, 2026. So the tax increase frankly, is already in the law. Um, but the question is whether some of those tax increases will come sooner than that. And, of course, uh, the fact is is that um, the federal government's in the same position, lost revenues, and they've had to spend a whole lot more to try to keep this economy going. So whether the income taxes come this year, next year, or the year after that, uh, obviously that's an expectation. Um, I don't think there'll be any significant uh, income tax increases for the, the great majority of Americans. Um, but, you know, we will see some increase uh, at some point, but maybe not next year. I'm, I'm not really expecting much on the income tax side next year, but we'll, we'll see about that. Now, what about stock market? You know, that's a big thing. Some folks scratch their head and, you know, the stock market's as high as it's ever been. And it's like, how could that be? The economy's reeling. But the fact is, is that we're right now, America is dealing with two separate economies. You've got a lot of folks who are doing quite well. In other words, the big businesses are, are for the most part, doing extremely well. Uh, so certain parts of the economy are fantastic, and that's why the economy is still holding up. But then we've got the other side of the coin, which people are struggling mightily. You know, lost jobs, small businesses are struggling far more than big businesses. And guess what? Small businesses are not part of the stock market. You know, we're talking big businesses as part of the stock market. And so, I, you know, obviously from my own perspective, the market will continue to be volatile, just like it has been in 2020. Will it continue to grow as fast as it did in 2020? Probably not. I suspect we'll have a fairly significant downturn at some point. Uh, uh, but at the same time, I expect, like it always does, the market goes up, market goes down, and it tends to go up more than it goes down. <laughs> so I think that's what we're going to see this year as well. But the fact is, is that the investors really don't have any place to go unless they're in real estate or other alternative investments. And in other words, they can't really move to uh, bonds or CDs effectively or savings accounts at banks because the interest rate is so low that it's not giving – I mean, in other words, you're losing money to inflation if, if you go there. So 
it's keeping a lot of folks in the stock market that probably would have moved out of the market if they had had some place to go. But the fact is, there's no place to go. Uh, so I, I do think we'll see 2021 much the same as 2020 as it relates to the to the market. It just will be a little more volatile and a little slower uh, than it might have been in 2020. Uh, so anyway, those are a few uh, expectations, and obviously folks can – everybody has an opinion. Uh, <laughs> you know, one thing I've learned about the stock market, when everybody says the market's fabulous and it's time to get in, that's the time to, to <laughs> keep your hand on your wallet <laughs> because it's likely uh, to go the other way. When – when everything feels like it's perfect, that's when it's not. Uh, so you have to be real careful about that and just listen to your own gut and not to what these what these panderers are, are saying for sure. Yeah, that's wonderful advice because uh, it always does seem to seem to be that way, Bill, when uh, the stock market is, is skyrocketing. We talk about it on this show and uh, – that's usually when we see something uh, something change in that regard. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to be talking more about what the new year has in store for us and uh, what that might mean. And we also want to get into some resolutions and life quandaries. We've got a lot. We've got a great show planned for you today, and we hope that you'll continue to stick around for that. I do want to remind you that Bill has his seminars coming up on Wednesday, January 13th. Still plenty of time to register for that. It's free to do so. It's free to attend. Just go online to WGALaw.com. There you can click on the seminars button and register for Bill's two seminars. These deal with uh, long-term care assistance, Medicaid assistance, VA benefits, and also the other seminar dealing with asset protection and trust planning. Just go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button or call 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Be sure to find more about him online at WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. That's where you can schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. You can also register for his seminars coming up on January 13th. We do this the second Wednesday of every month. Just go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button. I am Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we're talking about uh, some things that 2021 might have in store for us. Uh, Well, you know, one of the things about this time of year, and of course, uh, this weekend is the end of it (laughs) in terms of being with family and and those those times which are so precious to us. But... um, uh, but one of the things is that um, this we've seen. You know, some of us have seen where our parents or grandparents have really gone downhill a great deal, and of course, with this pandemic, it's even worse. Uh, there's a lot of loneliness, depression, uh, and of course, the folks who have uh, had to deal with the infections of, of uh, COVID-19, we've had a, a lot of deaths. Um, in fact, we've lost far more people in the United States than all of the casualties that we lost uh, during Vietnam uh, or 9-11 or pick any catastrophe that you want to. This has been far worse in terms of, of death 
um, and, and also the, the difficulty that our hospitals have had to deal with and all of our nurses and doctors, uh, they've had so much more work uh, and dangerous work because of this. And so we, we send out a shout to them for sure. But to me, uh, when we lose a loved one, whether we lose them to bad health or we lose them to death, uh, it certainly makes us think about our own lives and where we go with them and how to deal with it. And this, to me, is a life quandary. And maybe it's because I'm getting older, <laughs> but it's like, um, when, particularly when we lose a loved one, um, it, it makes us feel, well, we, first of all, we know that we recognize how precious life is. And so it, it, uh, the quandary is, do we live every day as though there's no tomorrow? Um, it, it, you know, or, or do we plan for the future? In other words, we work not for today, but for our future, knowing that that's important as well. Well, when we lose someone, it, it sort of pushes us, we need to live for today, because <laughs> we don't know when our number gets called. That's something that we don't control. We can influence it, obviously, um, and that's what some of our resolutions are about, influencing our health, but at the same time, we don't control that at all. So, And of course, for those of us who are growing older, uh, those of us who have to call ourselves seniors, um, we have less time <laughs> than those your age, Jason, or younger. Uh, uh, in other words, our, our future, our days are becoming numbered. We can't uh, take the attitude that we will live to forever because we know we won't. <laughs> so... Um, and of course, uh, but this is a real quandary for us uh, because we want to enjoy life. Um, uh, we certainly don't want to run out of money. We don't want to be a burden on our children. And of course, uh, we can be a burden on our children in two different ways. We can be a burden because uh, we can be a financial burden because we run out of money or we don't have enough money to take care of ourselves, or we can be a health burden. Uh, and of course, those who run out of money and are in bad health are, are both uh, burdens, uh, if, if we're lucky enough to have children who will take us in. <laughs> and not everyone is in that boat. Uh, so it, it, it really comes down to how do we deal with that? You know, I've I've never known anyone who who basically, um, when they're at the end of their life, they they say, well, "Gee whiz, I wish I had worked more and spent t more time away from the family." Uh, <laughs> now, you know, I'm sort of fortunate for myself because I love what I do. So, you know, work is not really work for me. It's a passion. Uh, but most folks can't say that. And, uh, and so um, it's, you know, how do we deal with this quandary? And, you know, the only thing I can say uh, from my own perspective, maybe this is a life perspective, but... 
uh, it, it, it is to focus on the things that really bring us happiness. Uh, and um, do what you love, whatever that is. Um, you know, I like to say it's important to laugh a lot. You know, the, the, you know that's good for your health, whether you realize it or not. Uh, but uh, doing what you love and doing it hopefully every day or most days uh, is uh, really what's so important. And, and someone much wiser uh, than me uh, said to focus on the journey. It's all about the journey. It's not the destination because the fact is we're never going to get there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if we get there, we're not going to be there long, that's for sure. So the fact is, is that the happiness is, is by making the journey happy. And, the, and the, that's uh, so obviously uh, if we can do it in a way that uh, makes us uh, feel good about it, that, that uh, and to enjoy us, ourselves, our family, what we do, our friends, um, that's to me uh, what really uh, it is important. Uh, and so when you think, uh, I mean, but but it's the kind of thing where we cannot lose sight of how important it is for us to plan, even if it's to plan for the next day or to plan for the week, but to plan for our life's journey. You know, if you don't plan vacations, you won't go on one. So it's um, uh, in, it, to me, planning is sort of like uh, cleaning the house. Uh, it, it, it's it, everyone likes to live in a clean home, do they not? Of course. Well, you know, it's a chore, but once you get it done, it makes you feel better and you live better. So, um, it, you know, planning is much the same way. You know, if you get it, if you plan and you get it done, you it makes you feel better about yourself and your family, and um, and you and you feel better about yourself as well. So it's it's so the fact is, what's the best way to plan? And the fact to me, it's all about taking small steps. Not the big ones, because we're not going to get it that way. Any organizational person will say, you got to plan out your steps and then take one small step at a time. So I know uh, what I really want to come back to is how do we deal with our resolutions? This is the time of year for that. And so planning and resolutions are part of the same problem. Excellent. We will get into that conversation all about resolutions. Don't forget, there's still time to register for Bill's seminars coming up on Wednesday, January 13th. These are two wonderful seminars dealing with long-term care assistance, Medicaid assistance, VA benefits. Long-term care is uh, such an expensive proposition. It's not something that you want to deal with, but middle-class families can get access to assistance, and that's why Bill holds these seminars. It's free to attend, free to register. Register, just go to online to wgalaw.com and click on the seminars button. There, all you have to do is put in a little bit of information. You'll need an email address and an internet connection. And there you can attend Bill's webinar. This is uh, in the form of a webinar since we are practicing social distancing. We're looking forward to getting back in person, but 
These webinars you can do from the comfort of your own home, and that's happening Wednesday, January 13th. And again, it's all free. Just go to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button. If you want to call the office, you can do so by calling 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Find more about him online at WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander, and we're talking about bringing in 2021, Bill, and uh, we've discussed you know, some life quandaries when it comes to balancing uh, living for tomorrow and also making sure that you're prepared for the road ahead is you got to have some balance there. But uh, we want to spend some time talking about resolutions and how that all kind of folds into this. Well, it does. Um, no question about it. And if folks have procrastinated about getting your resolutions in order, uh, this is the weekend <laughs> where you're supposed to get it done. So you can't procrastinate too long. Um, you know, that's the biggest problem with planning is people putting it off. And so when it comes to resolutions, it's about, okay, what, what are those changes that we can make to improve our lives? Because resolutions are all about what? Self-improvement. And the real fact is we want something that works. In fact, you know, it sounds a little crazy, but one of the things that I talk about in my seminars uh, is the fact that uh, oftentimes people will do a will or they'll do a trust that doesn't work. And it's like, why would you want to have a plan that doesn't work? Because so many people will, will get some, you know, they'll get a document done and they and they don't do the rest of the plan. You know, it's the old Paul Harvey issue where uh, there's a problem that you think you've resolved, but there's the rest of the story. And if you don't get the whole story, you really have missed out. And planning with legal documents is much the same way. But the fact is, is that uh, it takes small steps to get where you're going. And resolution should, and at least in my mind should be about small steps, not major ones, because the fact is that if we're looking too far ahead, we'll never get there, because you have to take it in small steps to get to a destination that's far off. I mean, all of us want to be in better health, which for most of us means, guess what? We need to diet. We need to lose weight. Yuck. And we need to exercise. Yuck. <laughs> so what, what I would say is the fact is, is that what we need to do is to think about, you know, very small steps. And then if you can increase those steps over time, great. If you don't, at least you've had a little bit of improvement. That works. Now, what do I mean by small steps? Well, if you're used to eating an eight-ounce steak or whatever you like to eat, make it six ounces, you know, just a, just a sliver less, if you will, um, because you can do that. But if you just said, oh, I'm not going to do that at all anymore, I, you know, that is not going to work because you're going to give up on that really fast. 
Or, you know, if you're like me and you want a Klondike bar every night, uh, you may want to say, nope, I can't do that. I might only be able to do it every other night. <laughs> so not a per- that's not a perfect solution, but hey, it goes a long way. You know, or it might be about limiting our bad habits. Now, I didn't say get rid of our bad habits. I said, you know, to limit our bad habits. So what might be the worst bad habit that we have? Well, for me, it's probably too much TV. You know, you know, TV, it's not like it's educational to any great degree. It's entertainment, but... You know, if you watch too much of it, you get bored with it anyway. So why don't we limit our TV? You know, it's (laughs) – or if if you're a gamer, you might be wanting to limit that. Uh, It's uh, because we really need to get to a a place where we – you know, most of us – what what do we want more of? We want more time. And there ain't more time. So there's only 24 hours in a day. So, But we can make time for those things that will allow us to help. But we can't just limit the bad habits. we got to figure out, okay, what are we going to do with that extra time? Well, for some of it, it might be to do some stretching exercises, or it might be to do some things that we've always wanted to do that maybe we thought, well, when I retire, I'm going to take up art. Or when I retire, I'm going to take up the guitar or the piano or some instrument or, you know, or join the choir or do something different than what we've done in the past. Well, the fact is we could do it now as long as you give yourself more time. And to me, that the television probably eats up more time that they don't that the television doesn't deserve our time and so the fact is limit that so that you have more time to really do some things that you would really like to do and so the the big thing whatever your resolution is it's not to to think in terms of big steps or major improvements although for some folks they can do that but not many of us so it really takes small steps and if you take small steps, it's likely that six months from now, you're still going to be uh, successful. Whereas if you try to take too big of a gulp, more than likely, like most people who join the, the health clubs, that by February, they're out. <laughs> so small steps help. That's great advice, Bill. And uh, setting yourself up for success is so important because if, if you set that goal too high, you're you're only hurting yourself. It's uh, it's that's not a good way to go about it. So that's wonderful advice. Hey, don't forget you can still register for Bill's seminars coming up on Wednesday, January thirteenth. Just go online to wgalaw.com. Wgalaw.com. These are two wonderful seminars dealing with long-term care assistance as well as asset protection and trust planning. It's free to register, free to attend. Go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button. You can also call 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be back right after this. 
Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Find more about him online at WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander and Bill WGALaw.com is where folks can go to register for your seminars coming up on Wednesday, January 13th. And you do this the second Wednesday of every month. And it's it's such an incredible opportunity for people to get access to information to two areas where good quality information is just really hard to come by. Well, well, one of the good things, Jason, is that uh, while I actually like doing face-to-face seminars where I can look people square in the eye and talk about things that I believe are very important to them, uh, the webinars, we have no limit, really, on how many people can attend the webinars because it's based on Zoom. And if uh, if folks sign up, then they'll get a note uh, from our office uh, with a link uh, to Zoom, which is very easy. All you need is a computer or a smartphone or uh, any device that connects to the Internet where you can go to, uh, to uh, Zoom, which, of course, is an application that's become very popular <laughs> over the pandemic. Uh, it's just one of many ways that we can communicate with our family and friends and do webinars as well. So uh, it's available to us. But, you know, the question for folks is, well, why should I sign up for one of these seminars? What? Why will it help me? You know, what's important about it? Well, I do two seminars, as you know, Jason. And and in the morning, uh, I'll do a seminar on long-term care planning. And that's that's a big word, if you will, or much a bunch of or a phrase, I should say. Um, but it's really important to so many people because uh, the majority of us will have a need for someone else to take care of us, at least to some degree, as we age. You know, there are some young people that are unfortunate and they're disabled and they need care as young. But the fact is, is that the majority of folks as they age will need some help. The lucky ones need very little help, but almost everyone needs help. And in fact, as we age, as we get towards 80, you know, 78 plus, if you will, uh, our brain slows down. Uh, and all you have to do is ask your wife if your hearing is bad. And of course, the answer is for most of us, you better believe it's bad. Uh, <laughs> so our hearing degrades, our sight degrades, and our brain slows down all bad. And that's normal. That's just normal aging. That's not disease. That's that's just the way it is. So if that's the only problem, we can more than likely dress ourselves and we can eat and we can cook and we can uh, still drive, hopefully, and things like that. But then the other thing is that a lot of folks suffer from arthritis or bad knees or bad ankles, and it's hard to you know, it, you become less mobile, and you need assistance getting around, uh, and you can't lift up that heavy frying pan, and you can't do a lot of things that you could do when you were younger. Uh, and no, I'm not going to talk about what you could do when you were 40, but the fact is is that 
not everyone suffers this way, um, but the fact is that it really is depressing to think about the fact that you can't do what you could do when you were younger. And, and so folks need help. And the fact is, is that some of us need a lot of help, and that's when it becomes an issue. Now, for those who have a lot of money, and I should say not necessarily net worth, but liquidity. In other words, you've got cash available to you. You have money in the bank or you have a big stock portfolio or you have a huge retirement account. Um, uh, then maybe you don't need to listen to my long-term care seminar. But how much money do you need? I, I would say that... A married couple who does not have long-term care insurance needs liquidity. In other words, you, you don't want to be having to sell your farm or sell your house to pay for long-term care, you need, but you, do need, you need liquidity. You need cash because you can't pay for care with chickens. <laughs> now, 50 years ago, you might have been able to do that, but you can't do that today. you got to have money. And so a married couple that has after-tax cash available in the neighborhood of a half million dollars, you, you, those, and you're more than happy to spend that money on long-term care needs, which not everyone is happy doing that, um, you probably should listen to this my long-term care seminar because what's it about? It's really about the fact that most Americans – can get financial assistance from several different sources, uh, one source or another, if you need assistance. Now, not everybody can get it, but most middle-class families can get some assistance, particularly if you uh, are so unfortunate that you need nursing facility care because um, Medicaid is available. to. In fact, one of the huge myths that I debunk is the fact that you have to be poor, you have to get rid of everything in order to receive Medicaid if you need nursing care. And the fact is, that is not true. It is so untrue. Uh, but you, you can't know the truth or how it fits together, how it works, unless you get the knowledge. Knowledge is power. You know, knowledge is what it's all about. And the fact is, is that most people have bad information as it relates to uh, receiving government assistance. Now, it can be complex. The rules are complex. But the fact is, is that if you know what you're doing, you can actually receive assistance in most cases. Now, veterans, particularly war period veterans, uh, can get assistance. There's a, in fact, there's a new VA benefit for family caregivers, up to $2,800 a month. And it applies to not only desert veterans, but to Vietnam veterans and Korean War veterans. So if your spouse or a family member is taking care of you, there's a potential VA benefit, and it's not necessarily related to war period service. Uh, so uh, which, of course, the VA pension is a long-term care benefit, and it is directly related to war period service. But th this new benefit that allows family caregivers to take care of you, be at home, that's where it's at, because nobody wants to be in a nursing home. Everybody wants to be at home, 
can you blame us? That's where we want to be. So there are VA benefits for veterans, potentially. There are Medicaid benefits, special assistance benefits for others who are not uh, uh, veterans. Uh, and so the fact is, is how will you know how this works unless you're knowledgeable about these rules? Well, an easy way to get that is through our long-term care seminar. Now, the second seminar that we do is actually more along the lines of this, uh, what we talk about, asset protection and trust. You know, so many people want to know, do I need a trust? Will a trust help me? And what the kind of trust they're talking about is a revocable living trust or a trust that we create during lifetime. And those are really helpful to a lot of families. Not everybody needs one, particularly in North Carolina. Now, if you lived in New York, California, Florida, New Jersey, you better have a trust. <laughs> but in North Carolina, maybe not. Not everybody needs one, but a lot of folks would benefit by having one. And if and if you have a legacy to leave your children, it is highly likely that a trust would be helpful to you. So again, why not learn at our seminar? You know, the, my seminar should last an hour and a half, but it always lasts two hours, and I apologize for that. But I want folks to know how these rules work and how they can help themselves if they just know how these legal rules work and can actually benefit them if they take advantage of them. Yeah, because, Bill, I'm sure along the way you've seen people make a lot of mistakes based on bad information. You know, they, they thought they were doing the right thing. They maybe called someone within a certain administration, and they thought they were getting the right advice, but uh, it, it just wasn't what was helpful. And that's why these seminars exist, because it's it's so hard to get the right information. Well, it is. And, and it, it's important to go to to professionals who, who really know what they're doing, uh, and and that's why, of course, I encourage folks to come see us because that's what we do. But I, I mean, half the folks who have a trust fall into the Paul Harvey crowd, and that is they don't have the rest of the story, and they haven't actually utilized their trust appropriately, so it's not going to work upon their death, and that's really sad. But I, I review so many trusts, and more times than not, in other words, over half the time, folks really don't understand how it works or what they have to do to make it work. And it's not difficult, but the fact is is that most folks don't know what they or, – or another problem is they've moved from another state, and they've undone what might have been done correctly where they came from. So there are all sorts of things why trust should be reviewed and, and where you can get the right kind of help with a, with a trust and asset protection. If you want to make this one of your resolutions, this will be an easy one to check off. You can get it done early because it's happening on January 13th. You'll feel good about yourself. Register online at wgalaw.com. It's free to do so, and as Bill said, you're, you're going to learn a lot of information. You could sign up for either seminar. You can also sign up for both. Bill's even got folks who've uh, attended multiple sessions. You're, you're welcome to do that if uh, uh, you need a refresher as well, wgalaw.com. Dot com. Just click on that seminars button, or if you want to call the office, you can do so by calling 919 
256-7000. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. I am Jason Kong. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget, find more about Bill at WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. And Bill, there's uh, lots of other ways that folks can get a hold of you uh, starting in 2021. You know, we, we typically do this show uh, uh, Saturday mornings at 11, right after the weekend gardener. But uh, Folks are going to get an extra dose of you on the weekends here, Bill. Oh, I know. If the if the if you if you want to hear this again, uh, this same show will be rebroadcast on Sunday afternoon at two o'clock. So you have another opportunity. So if you just uh, was a hit or miss listener, which I know a lot of us are at times. Uh, you have another opportunity to get another dose of the same show. That's right. <laughs> Sundays at 2 o'clock, we'll have a replay of the show. And don't forget, Bill has podcasts available on his website, WGALaw.com. Just search for the Asset Protection Today podcast. It's available on his website and also anywhere where you get your podcasts. Just search for the Asset Protection Today podcast. And these are very easily consumed episodes right around 10, 15 minutes each. And uh, you can consume them on the go. And a lot of the great stuff that we talk about on this show is is featured in those podcasts. And they're isolated. Bill's got uh, some really cool ones on there for you to find information about. It's got stuff about auto insurance and the four pillars of asset protection. We talk about that so much on this show. Well, you can dive into what each of those pillars are and why they're so important. Well, we are out of time for today. Happy New Year to everyone listening. We hope you have a great 2021 and we hope that you'll join us again next week for Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Have a great weekend.